I, I would say it's been the <clears throat> it's been the worst day of my career, and I am, uh, you know, the whole uh, the the people here are, are, are devastated. Everyone's devastated. The community is going to be devastated. This is going to go on. This is going to take us a while to come back from, but we'll we'll come back. We've had a, a, a devastating day. Um, Fort McMurray has been overrun by wildfire. Dana from Can Learn English, and you're listening to the Can Learn English podcast. This is episode number 24. The Can Learn English podcast is the best place to learn English for Canada. So grab your toque, button up your parka, and get ready to learn English for the Great White North. Hey guys, how are you doing? I am so excited to be back and recording this podcast for you. I took a week off because I was in San Diego and my husband and I did a little weeks of holidays there. Now, I'd never been to California before and it was so much fun. One of my favorite things about California was actually the people. The people in California are so friendly They're a lot like Canadians in that sense, I think. Really friendly, really chatty. I loved just getting into random conversations with people. Like, guys, they are so friendly. I would sit down at a coffee shop and someone might start a conversation just out of nothing. Just say, oh, what you're eating looks really good. And then I would say, oh, yeah, no, of course. And it was just really a whole lot of fun. And we actually got up to some really cool things. Uh, We went to the beach We ate lots of tacos, lots and lots of tacos. It was a lot of fun. Now, you know in California, it's basically a desert in that area of California, and they are very subject to wildfires. And we were actually visiting a colleagues of my husband, and their house is in the fire zone region, I guess. And the fire that happened a couple years ago there actually almost came all the way to their property, which would be really, really scary. But this story actually inspired our expression for this week, which is where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, I know that this idiom isn't just exclusive to English. I know that it's used in other languages, Portuguese for sure, because my husband told me this, And I think it's really interesting that some of these idioms can cross into other languages. And this expression is actually a very, very old expression. It goes all the way back to 46 BC. And the expression has been used in one way or the other since it became really popular in the 16th century. And it's true that some smoke is bound to appear where there's fire. The idiom is used as a metaphor, where the smoke is used to represent something that is suspicious, 
and the fire is used to represent some bad deeds. So the expression explains that if there is any suspicion about an event, then there is a probability that it must have happened. So it's used to say that if people are saying that something has been done wrong, there's usually a good reason for what they're saying. So we might use this idiom when we hear a rumor. Say you hear a rumor about a politician and it's something crazy that you would never suspect that they would do. I know in this day and age, we're hearing all types of rumors from various world leaders and politicians. And we might say, well, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So if people are saying something like this, if someone got the idea It must have come from somewhere, so it must be kind of true. And as you know, I'm a big lover in true crime. I love to listen to true crime podcasts, TV shows, all of it. I love these criminal stories. And usually when a crime occurs, the police will quickly get a suspect. And sometimes they'll be right on, and sometimes they won't. And If someone is suspected of a crime, there might be a reason for it. So we might say, well, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So for our listen and repeat section, I want to use this expression to compare the differences when we use connected speech versus when we don't. So if you're able to do so, I'd like you to repeat after me. Where there is smoke, there is fire, Where there is smoke, there is fire. So here, I'm not using a contraction or I'm not connecting my speech at all. It would be much more natural to say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There is there's. There is. There's. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about one of the worst wildfires in Canadian history that happened in the northeastern city of Fort McMurray in Alberta. The clip you heard in the beginning was from CBC News and was Fort McMurray's former fire chief, Darby Allen, talking about the devastating effects of this fire. Fort McMurray is located near the Athabasca oil sands. With a population of about 76,000 people, it is considered the heart of Alberta's hub of petroleum production. The oil sands industry is the top employer in the region, with many available jobs in oil sands and supporting industries. On May 1st, 2016, Patrolling fire crews discovered a two-hectare size fire southwest of Fort McMurray. Now that's hard to visualize, but in comparison, a hectare is about the size of a sports field, so like a football field or a track and field field. In response to this fire, they immediately jumped on the blaze. And within a couple of hours, four air tankers had also been deployed. Despite their best efforts, by 6 p.m., just two hours after it was found, it had ballooned to 60 hectares. The weather conditions also provided unfortunate and perfect conditions for the fire to spread. 
Alberta was experiencing the driest spring that had been seen in decades. An unusually hot and dry air mass was in place and brought record-setting temperatures. By that evening on May 1st, settlements around Fort McMurray had declared a state of emergency, and two communities issued mandatory evacuations. Firefighters worked through the night to gain control of the fire, and they were doing so well that they were able to downgrade some of the evacuation notices. But by Tuesday, the blaze had grown substantially. Fire Chief Darby Allen warned that the winds were prone to shift, and this was now a 2,600-hectare fire. This is a nasty, dirty fire. Um, there are certainly areas of uh, areas within the city that are, have not been burnt, but this fire will look for them, and it will find them, and it will want to take them. And our challenge today is to try and prevent that and prevent any more structure loss. What happened next almost needs to be seen to be believed. All of Fort McMurray was put under a mandatory evacuation. An enclave of cars driving through a downpour of flames, all fleeing their homes with their possessions, what they could grab quickly, their pets in cages. More than 80,000 people left Fort McMurray under this mandatory evacuation. The pictures from this event are chilling, and I will link them in the lesson notes for this episode so you can take a look, but it looks like something out of a Hollywood movie. About 25,000 people fled north and became trapped on Highway 63 when it was shut down. On May 7th, as the smoke thickened and the highway reopened, more than 7,000 drove south in 2,000 vehicles. Another 12,000 people had already been flown out of the area. The effects of this wildfire were devastating. The inferno left thousands of residents with burned-out lots where their homes once stood. While the path of the fire spared most of the homes and the city's hospital and airport, all of Fort McMurray's 88,000 residents became disaster refugees, sheltered in oil sands work camps, campus dorms, evacuation centers, friends' homes, or anywhere else people could find somewhere safe to stay. By midweek, the fire had consumed more than 229,000 hectares of forest. It would shutter oil sands operations worth millions of dollars a day. But there is one miracle in this whole story. Not a single person was killed or injured in this fire. We're now three years after the fire, and so far, only 38% of the homes destroyed have been rebuilt. There were more than 60,000 insurance claims at a cost of about $3.6 billion, according to the Insurance Bureau of Canada. There are some really great articles that tell the stories of some of the victims of this fire, some of the people who were displaced from their homes. I'm also going to link those for you in the show notes for this episode. That's it for our episode today. If you would like to become a Podcast Plus member and get the weekly transcripts for all of the episodes of the Can Learn English podcast, as well as a mini expression course every single week with a vocabulary builder and listening comprehension questions, then all you need to do is go to canlearnenglishpodcast.com. Thank you so much. 
please support this free podcast by liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. Until next time, bye-bye.